Well, good morning, everybody. We're so glad you've decided to uh, worship with us. Uh, it is Sunday. Uh, for those of you, I know I've been mixed up just figuring out what day it is, and it's about, what, 1045? Is that about right? 1050? Something like that. And the year is 2023. And you've started your, uh, your year right by coming uh, to church to be with a community of believers. And so I just appreciate you being here. I know um, when I got up this morning, I was very thankful that we did not have a 9 a.m. service. And so we, we uh, thank you for just flexing with us as we went to one service. And I'd also just like to recognize uh, the volunteers who uh, got here early this morning so that we could have um, just a time of worship together. Uh, what we found is things do not set up themselves, and a coffee has to be gotten and put in containers and cups put out so we can enjoy it. And so we're praising God for coffee. But also, more importantly, uh, we thank just all the volunteers that have come uh, early today so that we could uh, worship together. And so thank you, volunteers. Let's give them a, give them a hand. Appreciate, appreciate you guys. Um, what I want to do is, before we launch into really how to make the most of this new year, uh, talking about being rooted in purpose, I want to spend just a few minutes highlighting uh, really where God has taken us over this past year. Um, I'm a pretty nostalgic uh, person. Um, I'm the type that I like to look at like YouTube videos of people I don't know that reunite and I'm just crying with them and, and like I just love to find those things. And, uh, but uh, more than just nostalgia, uh, it's very important, uh, especially if you're a follower of Christ, to take time to pause uh, to remember uh, really what God has done uh, in your life personally. And so if, if you've not had a chance to reflect, I know oftentimes what's at the forefront of our mind is the difficulties. And the good news is God is with us in those, and he's there. But at the same time, it's also important to remember all the things that God has helped you with uh, this past year. And uh, if you're young, uh, if you're under 10 years old, could you raise your hand? Let's give them a warm welcome. Welcome to our service this morning. We're so glad you guys are here. But if you're under 10 or you're under 12 or you're somewhere in there, um, I might be talking about some things that uh, I may say some words you don't understand. You could write those words down and talk to your, your parents about what those mean. Uh, but also, as we talk about being thankful for what God has done, it doesn't matter if you're young or whether you're old, uh, we all can do that. And so I encourage you to take some time over the next few days just to reflect on God's goodness to you uh, this past year. That's something that will actually uh, build momentum in your life because you're realizing that you're standing on a foundation of God's goodness to you. And so I encourage you to do that. Uh, we also want to do that as a church. And so I just want to spend just a few minutes highlighting uh, some things that God has done. And I want to just highlight first off uh, some financial things. Usually I don't talk about uh, money, but given it's the new year and that's usually a concern, but I want to give an update on our Christmas offering. This is really great news. We had a goal of 8,500 this year, uh, which is to give above and beyond our regular giving to Ridgeview. And so every month people give, many of you give to Ridgeview so we can operate and be a part of the mission God has given us. But the Christmas offering is really operationally above and beyond what we normally receive. And so we set a goal of 8,500. And as of this morning, we've raised $10,400. So praise God for that. And so uh, very, very thankful. We're going to be receiving that offering for a few more weeks until January 16th. In your program, you have a handout that has the different ministries that we're giving to and all the proceeds of the Christmas offering go directly 
to these ministries, and you'll see the amount that we're giving. Now that we're above and beyond our goal, everything that's above and beyond will go to our Ridgeview Benevolence Fund, which will help people within our congregation and needs within our community here locally for those in need, those facing difficult times. Um, We are in a time where it's it's hard with uh, just finances and work and inflation and and everything in between. And so uh, that Benevolence Fund uh, goes directly uh, to help uh, people within our church And then also, uh, we're going to be helping all of those ministries too. So as of today, everything is fully funded. Those ministries listed will be receiving that amount, and that's a way that we can really uh, bless them. And so thank you for all who've given to that Christmas offering. We have a couple more weeks uh, to give to that. So I wanted to to highlight that. I also wanted to highlight a few things. And so, um, kids, this is where you can participate. All right, you guys ready? So I'm going to share something, like a highlight of what God's done. And you could do like a woohoo, you know, or you could do a little clap. Um, if you're an adult, you could say things like, amen. What does amen mean? Does anybody know? It's like, we agree. It's like, amen, God is good. That's what amen means. Um, and so I just want to share some of these, these things because we can't start a new year without, again, realizing all that God has done. And so um, our last year projected budget for giving that we needed for the whole year budget-wise, was 354600 This is like a little family meeting. You're getting numbers that you may not get, okay? But aren't you so glad you came? Some of you got number crunch. You're like, this is awesome. This is the best Sunday of the year. Okay, 300, 354600 okay? Uh, that last year's budget was a 12% increase from what we received in 2021. So as a church, our goal is not to just uh, receive money and just keep it for ourselves. Uh, we want to actually receive money and keep spending money. Um, that's how the mission gets funded. That's why we do a Christmas offering. It's like, how do we keep giving money away? And so the money that we received in 2021, we decided to set our budget 12% over what we received in, in 2021. And I'm excited to announce that we raised this past year. Uh, we're still collecting all the numbers because obviously it just ended yesterday, but we received $387,000 this past year, which is 9% more than the 12% increase that we projected. Woohoo! Kids, can I hear it? That's like a lot of pocket money that we can use for Jesus. Okay, uh, so we're we're really excited. Now, the good news is we we said let's God in faith we're going to raise our 2022 budget. It's going to be 12 percent more than what we received in 2021, and that's what we're going to do for 2023. We're going to set our 2023 budget 12 percent more than what we just received. Thank you. That's right. And so what we're doing is with what God's giving us and the growth that we're experiencing, we want to keep in faith saying, God, we, we trust you and we're going to step out in faith to see what you can do among us. And so I'm just happy to report that's, that's really good. Uh, the reason I'm starting with money is, I don't know if you knew this, but money actually reflects your heart and you spend money on what's important to you. Did you know that? Kids, how many of you like to spend money on candy? Anyone? You get money, you just, and there's some big kids that like to spend money on candy, right? The reason you want to spend money on candy is because candy's important to you. How many of you ever bought frozen peas? Some adults, they're like, I love vegetables. They're my favorite. But if you're a kid, you don't spend money on frozen peas because it's not important to you. And so you actually end up spending money on what's important. And money reflects our hearts. That's why it's actually so important to focus on money, not so that you can... Uh, be a penny pincher or just spend extravagantly, but so that we can use it for God's purposes. And if you use your money for God's purposes, most of the time he will use your life. 
where your money is, that's where your heart is. Uh, some other exciting stats. This is the really uh, fun. And I, I may be guilty of crying this morning because I thought, what better year to start a new year than for Pastor Alex to cry? Let's just continue. Uh, the reason I cry is just disclaimer. Okay. It's not because I'm a baby. That might be some, some of the time. But tears uh, really represent gratitude. I actually don't cry a lot out of sadness. I, I cry a lot out of just deep gratitude for what God has done. And so the things that I'm going to share are, are really important to God and therefore important to us. Uh, 22 people were baptized last year in, in our church. Praise God. Um, we, we launched new community groups, and we had more in groups in 2022 than we, we've ever had. So praise God for that. That's where we can grow together. Uh, we grew 32% in our attendance in church. Amen. We added 27 new members who decided I want to commit and make the mission of Ridgeview go. Amen. Uh, 62 people gave to Ridgeview for the first time in 2022. Thank you, God. And then take some many volunteers. Uh, as you probably know, we set up and tear down every week. Jesse Turner doesn't just let Ridgeview Church camp here. Uh, we have to bring our stuff. They're like, we're so glad you brought it. Now take it back and put it away. And uh, we have volunteers that do this every week, from signs outside to, again, setting up our copy, co- copy? <laughs> our coffee. I need some more of that. And uh, to all of our kids on volunteers that create a space where our kids can learn to worship, where we can experience um, a good experience together. And Last year, we had 18 new volunteers that decided to serve our church. So thank you uh, for all of you. The, the importance of all these things is not uh, to, to magnify Ridgeview. Um, it's, it's not about us, but it's about the work that God wants to do. And so I praise him for this past year. I praise him for not just these numbers, but the work that he's done. As I look out at your faces, I praise him for you. I praise him for the community that he's brought from different backgrounds, different experiences, different personalities, different families, but we're one church. And out of that, God is honored and he's glorified. And I praise him for what he's doing. And so as we look back at 2022, this builds the foundation for a new year. We can expect God to continue to lead us. We can expect him to continue to provide. And at the same time, we should expect to continue to walk by faith. What that means is we can't see how everything will work out in our individual lives with the things that we face. We also don't know how everything will work out. We cannot predict the future. We have no idea a year from now, as we gather from a church, what he'll do in 2023. But we do so in faith, knowing as he's been good to us in this past year, he will continue to be good to us in this new year. What I want to do is focus on how we can continue to be rooted in the purpose that God has given us. Uh, And if you're new to Ridgeview, we've been having this really rooted initiative that we've had this past year, and it's to dig deep, to draw wide, and to stand strong as a church. One of the things I didn't mention is, as a church, we did the biggest shift we'd ever done, and we launched two services. And we're still here. Thank you, God. Some of you are more tired than you have been because of that. And it's taken more work. It's taken more creativity. It's taken more volunteers. It's taken more money. Everything that we've had to do 
really this past year can be summarized in that shift to launch two new services to create more room so people can learn more about Jesus. And as we've done that, and as it's been hard, uh, we've seen God come through. But a part of this digging deep and drawing wide and standing strong in the middle of change in our life, in the middle of change in our church, is really so that we can be a part of the work that God wants to do in our church. And so what I want to do is I want to focus on a prayer that we've looked at before as a church, and I want this to be our New Year prayer uh, for Ridgeview. And we're going to dig into Ephesians chapter 3. And this is a prayer uh, for Paul, uh, from Paul to the church. And specifically, this was to the church in Ephesus in the first century, but this is also a prayer for all of the churches today. And uh, I'm calling this How to Pray for a Meaningful New Year. So this is something I encourage you uh, over the next few months to continue to come back to, to pray this for your life and your family and your children and your neighbors and your coworkers and your friends. And also, if you could, to pray for our church, these things. And so I want to read this and then just talk briefly through what this means. So it says this, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Again, this is Paul talking. He says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Go to the next one there. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And verse 20 continues. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And what's that last word? Amen. Now, this last part, as I've ex- just described just a little snapshot of what God has done this past year, that is what we've experienced. God doing more than we could even ask or imagine. Doing more than we could comprehend. And then I love the last part of it. It's saying that he does that work, not only in Paul's time as he's writing this in the first century, but what does it say? It says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout what? All generations. Forever and ever. And we're part of this legacy, the Christian faith, following Jesus, banding together in the church, seeing him come through in our generation. And as he comes through in our generations, if you're younger, we want him to come through for you and your generation. And as you have kids and as they have kids, this is what God does. He changes generations of people that seeing the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that will change your life. And so I want to just highlight if you have your, your listening guide, this is also in the program. This is a way you can take notes. And I'm going to give you some practical things that you can do this new year. So I encourage you to take notes this morning. At the, the bottom of the, the handout that you'll see, I've just kind of broken down the specific things that Paul said to pray for. Now for me, when I read scripture, and I encourage you to do this, sometimes you read a scripture and you're like, that was interesting. I'm not quite sure what that meant. You ever said that as you read the Bible, Right? That's fine. That that happens. It happens sometimes when you read anything, but specifically with Scripture, sometimes it just takes some time. You have to chew on it. And so one of the things you want to do as you read a passage is you want to kind of pull out what are the, the main points? What are the emphasis? What are the actions? What are the things that we're told to do, the directives, and focus on those things. And you just start on one. 
And so what I want to do is I just want to highlight the specific things that Paul says he's praying for. And it starts with this, strength uh, and power. So part of our rooted initiative is, is for us to stand strong. And one of my prayers for you, and I want you to pray for this for yourself and your family again and for our church, is that we'll be filled with strength and power, not of our own will, but of the strength and power of God. Because if you're filled with the strength and power of God, no matter what you face, whether you're young and you may face some really hard things this year, even at a young age, and if you're old, You've experienced those before, and you think like another year, like the last one is going to be super difficult. But if that's what God has for you, he will give you the strength and power to live through it and to grow in it through faith. And so one of the things you want to be doing right now is as you're launching for a new year is pray for strength and power in your life, and specifically for God's strength and power. That's the first. The second, we want to pray that Christ will dwell in our hearts Our heart in Scripture is not just this feeling emotion. The heart actually represents your will. It's like the cockpit of your life. In your heart, it's determined kind of where you go, what you think about, what's important. And all the things that we have in our life that vie for our attention, the thing that have the biggest impact on your life is that if Christ dwells, the idea is he lives there. He's a part of what you do. He's where you are. He's where you think. He's where you feel. It's every aspect of your life. You want to pray that Christ will dwell there. Where you are, you want Christ to be. And how you do that is you you invite him through a prayer of surrender every day. God, I give you my day. I've got a lot of things that concern me. I've got a lot of things that I'm worried about. I've got a lot of things that I'm really interested in doing, but I give you my day, and will you dwell in my heart? Will you be the center of what I do? So I encourage you to pray that. The third, he prays that the church will be rooted in love. Love is, again, a word that can denote many different ideas. But love specifically is this action where people experience the love of Christ, sacrificial love. And so as the church, one of the roles that we have is to love people in a sacrificial way. That means sometimes you need to love people that are hard to love. Do you have people that are hard to love in your life? We all do. Oftentimes it means loving when it's inconvenient. But the idea is with Christ's love, we can love in a way that's supernatural. It goes against what we feel. Sometimes it goes against what we want. Sometimes it goes against like our ideal. But the thing is like with God and this love, as it changes from the inside out, we can be rooted in this same level. We can extend that to others. And so for me, oftentimes, it's how can I be patient with those around me? How can I go out of my way to serve others instead of myself? How can I put people's goals and interests above my own? That's what Paul's talking about, this action-oriented, more-than-feeling love. And we can do that together. The fourth thing he prays is that we will be filled with the fullness of God. The way I look at this is, how many of you guys got Christmas gifts? Okay. Now, don't raise your hand on this next part, but have you ever been disappointed with gifts that you've gotten? Like where you really wanted something and you didn't get it. That could be like really disappointing, especially if you're young. If you're a kid, you're like, man, that, that really hurts. I didn't get what I wanted. And you feel like there's a, there's a hole in you. The idea is there's nothing in this world 
that can compare with what God gives you. That's the fullness of God, really himself. And the idea is I don't need to be lacking. So the way that you're not lacking is you have to be filled with this fullness, which you, you continually are getting fed by God's word. You're continually praying to God for help. To be filled with the fullness of God, again, is more than just this prayer of surrender, but it's now this, this action of I, I need to spend time with God. I need to tell him my concerns. I need to tell him my fears. I need to get his perspective. I need his truth to guide me. I need him to be this, this lighthouse that leads me in the darkness so I know where to go. And that's how you're filled with the fullness of God. His word, his truth can fill your life. And that strengthens the love that Paul tells us to be rooted in. And then finally, what Paul prays in the end is that according to the power to him be the glory. And that's for God's will to be done in our church. And really for God's will to be done in your life. I'd like you to, if you could, just for a minute, to imagine this year, 2023, as a year where God can use you for his purposes. If you were to come to God and say, I'm not going to put any contingencies, I'm not going to put any boundary or any barrier, and I'm just going to say, God, here's my life. It's blank. It's, it's yours, and you can take it and lead me however you want what would your life look like this year if you didn't put constraints on the work that God wants to do in you? That's what Paul's saying, that God's will will be done, that he'll be honored, that we'll live for him every day of life. So practically, I just want to give you some some ways that you can be resolved uh, to be rooted in purpose this year for you. So you guys want to get practical together? Good answer. Be really terrible if I was like, no, wrap it up, pastor. So let's get practical uh, together. We always need to get practical. So resolve to be rooted in purpose this year. Um, again, I think we have the, the rooted initiative to dig deep, to draw wide and stand strong. This was 2022, 2023. So this is what we're still about. Again, this is based on Ephesians. It's really based on this passage that I, I'm reading today. So let's start with uh, digging deep. Digging deep uh, can be seen in two different ways. We need to dig deep in our relationship with God, and then we need to dig deep in relationship with others. That's what Paul's describing. He's describing this church, this group of people who take serious following God with their whole life and take serious community, banding together to be a part of God's will. And so I want to just challenge you to do this. Uh, One of the next steps you could take to dig deep is Decide to read through the Bible this year. There's probably books of the Bible that you see that you don't know how to pronounce, right? It's like, how many Ks do you say in that, right? And then you maybe read numbers and you're like, that's really aptly named because there's a lot of numbers and numbers. But what happens is as you move past maybe some of the intimidation you have from God's word and you get into it for yourself, God will use that in your life. You have truth again to to stand on, and that's what we need. In our culture that's shifting away from truth, where everything is relative, where everybody decides their own truth, their own happiness, God's word still stands. But it stands in your own life as you get into it. It stands without that, but you don't experience the truth unless you get into it for yourself. And so... 
Uh, there's the, the Bible app that you don't that you, you may not have. This is from Uversion. If you have a smartphone, uh, you can download this on your phone. You can also do this on your computer. But if you've not downloaded the Bible app by Uversion or looked at this, I, I encourage you to do this. This is a way for you to get God's word into your life. Um, we also have Bibles. They're made of paper, and you can actually, like, read them, and uh, you can do that as well. And if you're not sure where to start, we can help you with that. Sometimes it's hard to start at Genesis and move all the way through, because sometimes by Leviticus, you're like, oh, my goodness, why did I commit to do this, right? It can get hard. Uh, so we can, we can help you with that. But there's some uh, specific Bible guides, and if, if you're young, your, your parents can help you with this too. But if you can go, the one-year Bible is a good plan. And it actually tells you what to read every day. Now, if you're new uh, to Scripture, you're new to following Christ, there's also a Bible plan called First Steps. If you could put that up there. And uh, I'm just showing you the images in case you look and you see it. But this, this First Steps is for people who may have not spent a lot of time with the Bible before. Uh, this is a great place to start. And so the one-year Bible, if you can go back to that, that image, please, Ricardo, thank you. There's that one, and then go to the next one. This is uh, First Steps. But just make a commitment to um, dig deep with God, and you dig deep with God, read his word. You guys hear that? Dig deep with God by reading his word. People so much focus on being spiritual in our culture. Uh, it's a little ambiguous. The way that you're spiritual in the Christian faith is you read God's word to us. It's like, I want to be spiritual. I want to do what you say. I want to get to know you, and you do that by, by reading his word. And so that might be a way that you dig deep. Now, uh, with each other, uh, there's some other ways that you can dig deep in community. Um, if you've not joined a community group, uh, we're going to be expanding those groups to include more people. And that's a great way for you to dig deep with people. And so it may be that I need to get into a group. Now, practically, you can experience digging deep with people without being in a group, but you still have to take initiative. And so next step for you is... What if in 2023, you invited a family over every month from the church for a dessert, for a meal, for coffee, for whatever it is, and you just said, I'm going to take initiative to get to know people? What would that look like? How could God use you to encourage and refresh people within the church if you just took initiative to invite family over? Now, how many of you, when you think of inviting people over, you're just like, oh. There's dread, right? That you're already sinking in your seat. Why? Because you got to clean that house. You know, you got to clean that house. You got to buy something. You got to make something. You actually don't. You don't have to clean your house. If you want to get real in community, just let them come over. Have them fold laundry. No, just kidding. Maybe don't do that. That's the third time. Like, you let ease them in. Clean the first time, messy the second, okay? But just uh, invite a family. Now, this isn't just like, let's just talk about, you know, resolutions. But like, what if you put that on your calendar and you just said, like, this day of each month, we'll do that. Just make a commitment. You know what that means? It means you have to be intentional. You have to have forethought. It means you have to go out of your comfort zone. But as you do that, do you know how just people being invited over to your home can make such a difference? I don't know if you've ever been invited over to someone's home, how much that encourages you, that helps you. Sometimes it may even freak you out, like, oh, my goodness, they're inviting me to their home. But that, that's how community is built. It's from, you know, from, from home to home. So I encourage you uh, to do that. Uh, another thing, I talked about this before, but uh, you can take initiative after church on Sunday. Um, 
go to lunch with people. We have many volunteers, so sometimes like, hey, do you want, do you want a, a liner? Maybe you have to go at two, right, because people serve. But even that, it's like, you know, I, I can wait to do lunch to even go with the people that serve, and everyone's got to eat. But that's another way, just on Sundays after church. And then another way that you dig deep in, in community is make church a priority. Don't enter the year wondering whether you're going to go or not. Just decide, like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to make church a priority. Build your life around the community of faith. Build your life around the community of faith and see what God does this this next year. So that's to dig deep. Okay, draw wide. Second initiative here. A draw wide is the idea of how do we, as a church and as individuals, how do we live our life so that we can help people who don't know God, who are far from God, who maybe are exploring and maybe they're close to following God, but they don't know what that means yet. How can we draw wide to include more people? How can we live a life that actually invites people to experience the refreshing life found in Christ? And uh, I want to just suggest something, uh, like a, a thing to remember, and it's called one, one, one. Could everybody say that? One, one, one. Everybody say that? It's so good, right? Okay. Uh, I think there's an image for this. Draw wide, one, one, one. This is how we're, we're rooted. The idea is this. Pray for one minute for one person at 1 p.m. every day. What would that look like? And when I'm talking about praying for a specific person, I'm, I'm talking about that person who you just would love to see decide to follow Jesus. And maybe not just like, man, they really need Jesus. I need to pray for them. It could be that. But, but really, who in your life does not yet know Christ? that you need to be praying for. And sometimes it just is, God, I pray that you'll get their attention. God, I pray that you'll soften their heart. God, I pray for an opportunity to love them, to serve them. Help me to be able to share the difference that Jesus made in my life. God, help me to share what it means to be a Christian. You just pray for specific things. As you pray for specific things, do you know what God does? He makes that happen. There's sometimes things aren't happening because we're, we're not praying. And so one 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 at one p.m. Pray for one person uh, for for one minute. So just set an alarm on your phone. Set an alarm on your watch. Set an alarm wherever you can, and just to remember one one one. How can I pray for one person for one minute at one p.m. Now some of you are like rule followers. If it's one twelve and you remember, still pray. If you pray for five seconds and it's like that didn't count, yes it did. The idea is, is pray. Let's pray for our community. Let's pray for those who don't yet know Christ. Pray that God will do a work in our church, in our lives. So I encourage you to do that. As Cameron mentioned, in, invite a friend to church next week. Really practical. We're starting a new series called The Financial Squeeze. People are experiencing the squeeze in their finances. And with that is a lot of stress. And so we do series like this so that people can come in at the start of a series, and we do these every few weeks so that unchurched people can come and learn about what the Bible says. So this is going to be very practical. And so invite somebody to come uh, next week. And then another way that you can draw wide is, like I've mentioned, as we've added 18 new volunteers, we need to continue adding volunteers uh, to serve here at Ridgeview. The reason we do that is through service and through people volunteering, it allows us to reach more people. It allows people to create an atmosphere where unchurched people are in, feel invited. It allows us to have a worship where 
it's done excellently so people can learn more about God. And so if, if you don't yet volunteer, uh, let us know on your connection card. So that's digging deep. That's drawing wide. And then finally is to, to stand, stand strong. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the fears that you're facing. Um, not specifically, but each of us have, have fear. A fear is actually overwhelming to many of us. It's a battle. Uh, right when you maybe conquer one fear, another fear crops up. Fear has a way of taking all of our focus and putting it on the things that we fear so we actually stop progress. And fears are real. There's things that we do fear. There's things that we're concerned about. There's things that we're anxious about. There's things that, that weigh us down. But what the scriptures say is through those anxious thoughts and through those fears that we have, you take every one of them and you have to give those to God. And so one of the ways that you can stand strong in your faith this year is to not focus on the fears that you have, but take that fear and give it to God. Ask him for help. And so next steps, just identify a fear I'm facing and just pray continually. Now, it's more than one, 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 because there's fears that crop up all the time. So it's just when that fear comes, you, you pray. So that's one way that you stand strong. A second is just the struggle of temptation. It's a new year. You know, you're feeling good. How many of you are doing like, oh, man, I've been eating too much junk, and you want to, like, clean up your eating? And then, like, you go home, and you see, like, the still Christmas leftovers. You're like, well, technically, the new year starts tomorrow. But then that's still like, so Tuesday, how many of you already decided Tuesday you're going to eat right, you know, right? Because it gives you a buffer. That's how I am. So there's temptations, and some of it can be related to eating, but there's also lots of other temptations. Uh, one of the things that temptations do when we fall to them and we sin is they, they tend to keep us stuck. Like we can't change, we can't move forward. And there's nothing more than the enemy wants to do in your life than to give you that temptation very early in this year. Because as you're getting this fresh start, he wants you to just go back to the mud and the rubble of your life. And so I just want to encourage you, you can change with the power and strength of God. As Paul's praying that, when you think about temptation, if you have the power and strength of God to change, then you can move past your fears and you can move past temptation. And as you get victory, it doesn't mean perfection, but as you get victory and you make progress, God can use you in new ways. One of the things that temptation does, it leads us to shame. And shame leads us to pulling back from God and pulling back from others. And so make this year a year where you don't run away from your temptations. You recognize those areas of your life that God needs to grow you in, and you ask him for help. And then there might be somebody that you need to confide in. You're like, will you pray for me? I'm struggling in this area. And through those prayers and through that accountability, you can make progress. And so that's part of how you can stand strong against fears and against temptations. And another way you can stand strong finally is just to cross the ridge with us this year. We have that at the next step table. Uh, the ridge, I don't know, if, do we have an image for that? We might, yeah, the ridge is our way of this is how you grow. This is actually part of how you stand strong. As you regularly attend and you're part of the church community, and you hear the truth, and you sing songs, God has a way of moving your heart. It's like a current that moves you in the right direction. As you invest and invite, and you draw wide, and you look for how God can use you and those people that don't yet know Christ, did you know your faith grows when you think about sharing your faith? It grows. 
because you're like, my knees are shaking and I've got a knot in my stomach. You see God come through in new ways when you reach out to others. The, uh, the D is develop and grow. How can I do these things? Like read the scriptures, get in the word for myself. How can I be a part of a group and, and grow with others? And then that's the G, which I just mentioned, and then engage in ministry, the volunteering. So just the side, I've talked a lot about different things that you can do to dig deep, to draw wide, and to stand strong. Part of it could be I just need to pick one of these to, to focus on. But decide this year. It's just started. How can God use you? How can God grow you? Be where you are, and where you are is where God will meet you. And as a church, we want to meet you where you are, and we want to help you. And so let's praise God as we close out our service for the things that he's done in this uh, last year. And let's pray Ephesians 3 as we enter this new year. I can't wait to see how God uses you, how God uses us. And I can't wait one year from now, Lord willing, we'll be able to reflect on all that he's done in this new year. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this church. We thank you for your faithful hand, which has continued to guide us and help us. And we are weak people. Uh, We're confused often. We struggle. But you actually use us. And through that, we see the mystery of the gospel, how you use normal, messed up people to be a part of change in the world. And we praise you for that. Thank you for all of the faithful people that you brought to our church. Thank you for the people who are exploring, trying to figure out what it means to follow Christ. I pray this year that they'll decide to follow you with their whole heart. God, we, we take this prayer that Paul prayed for the church for all generations, and we ask that that will be our prayer. We pray, God, that you will give us strength and power to live the life that you've given us. We pray that Christ will dwell in our hearts and lead us forward. We pray, God, that we'll be rooted in love. You'll give us opportunities to put that in action. We pray, God, that we'll be filled with the fullness of God, that we won't be lacking, feeling like we're ripped off or something's needed, but we'll have the fullness of your will and of yourself. And finally, God, we pray for your will to be done. God, will you use us however you see fit? We surrender to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.